The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abu Dhabi, Tanzania, and Genoa City. One of these things is not like the other. Find out which one today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a full moon Friday, the 13th edition of Soap Central Live. I have no idea how that's going to impact today's show. But what I do know is that I'm your host, Dan Kroll. And for the next hour, we'll be taking an inside look at the world of entertainment. There'll be singing and dancing, laughing and crying. And well, actually, hopefully there'll be no crying. I don't want anybody to cry. That would be really sad. So... We'll we'll try to avoid that as best we can. But you know what? There may actually not be a dry eye in the house on June 22nd. That's the big night of daytime, otherwise known as Daytime Emmy Night. The National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences announced today that Emmy and Grammy winner Kathy Griffin will serve as host of this year's ceremony. I think that's a pretty big draw. Hopefully they'll get a lot of eyeballs tuning into the ceremony and we can bring it back to television next year. The Daytime Emmys will be streamed live online this year at DaytimeEmmys.net. You don't have to worry about not having the proper television channel. Again, anybody can watch it at DaytimeEmmys.net. For more information, visit our special Daytime Emmys section at SoapCentral.com slash Emmys for all of the details, including a list of this year's nominees. Don't forget, uh, next week on Soap Central Live, we'll be bringing you our annual Daytime Emmys prediction show. It's always a lot of fun. You get to hear who our panel of experts thinks will take home Emmy gold. And there is a lot of pressure on me this year. I am the reigning champion of predictions. And as they say, there's nowhere else to go but down. So we're going to see what happens. Hopefully, I'll be able to at least get a couple right. Usually after a really good year, I go completely downhill and get nothing right. But as they say, it's an honor just to be nominated. So we will make sure that we give you a, a breakdown of what everybody submitted. That's next week on Soap Central Live. Elsewhere in the world of daytime, TV Guide's Michael Logan is reporting that All My Children and the Young and the Restless Vet Billy Miller is joining the cast of General Hospital. There's no word yet from ABC, so stay tuned to SoapCentral.com for the latest on that. There is a lot of speculation about who he might be playing and you know what significance he'll have in the show. Will he be there for a one-day stint like the Bold and the Beautiful's Ron Moss, or will it be something more substantial? You can discuss that on our official Twitter feed, at SoapCentral, or on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash SoapCentral. We'll look to see what you guys are are saying. I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about that. 
So, you know what? That's what's going on in the world of soaps. Let's now talk about what's going on in, in the world of this week's show. Coming up in the second half of the show, Rib Hillis and Elena Grinyenko will be here. They'll be back to talk about their efforts to set a sky-high world record. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. And coming up in just a bit, the bold and the beautiful and Bean Mary Jane star Aaron D. Spears will be back here with us. It's been three years since he was last here, so there's a lot to catch up on. But up first, I was able to talk to Daniel Polo, who is the youngest of this year's Outstanding Younger Actor Daytime Emmy nominees. He's nominated for his work as Jamie Vernon on the CBS daytime series The Young and the Restless. He wasn't able to be here with us live this week, but as I said, I did have a chance to talk to him just a bit ago, and I wanted to make sure that I bring that interview to you before we get to our big Emmy coverage next week. So let's take a listen now to my interview with Daniel Polo. Hey, Daniel, it's Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for taking some time out to chat with me today. I appreciate it. So it is Friday the 13th. I do have a question about Friday the 13th. Are you superstitious? What do you make of Friday the 13th? Is it all in people's minds? No, I don't think I've ever had a Friday the 13th experience. So I am a tad superstitious, but I don't think I... I don't think much about Friday the 13th. You know, for me, it seems to be normal, but, you know, you go on the social media and you see that it's going to be a full moon on Friday the 13th and something about Mercury and retrograde. I don't know what that means, but people are very worked up about it. No, either. Uh, we'll figure it out, I guess. But with that, even though we don't really go on with Friday the 13th and it's probably just another day, one thing that I do know for sure is that summer is coming what do you like to do with the summer? Do you have any big summer traditions? Do you have a big summer vacation that you go to? What's on Daniel Polo's summer to-do list? Well, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I'm probably going to get ready for school, um, go on a family vacation up in Moonlight Bay up north, um, maybe hang out with some friends. I'll be getting ready for Annie's, which is, Next week now. So. Yeah, we're in the 10-day range here. We're coming up on, uh, it's, of course, it's June 22nd. You are an Outstanding Younger Actor nominee. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty big deal. Thank you. How did you find out that you were nominated? I was sleeping at the time. <laughs> it um, seems everybody I, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was, it was finals. So I was going on probably an hour of sleep every night. So the day I was shaken awake, and I had no idea what they were talking about until probably 15 minutes later, when I finally made the connection, I just jumped out of bed. I didn't care about how tired I was. It's, I mean, certainly it's it's an early time on the West Coast when folks find out. Here on the East, it's still early, but it's even earlier on the West, and I think a lot of people end up sleeping. But once you get past that, once you wake up, once you get the excitement, for whatever reason, we always seem to talk about food in my interviews. So I wanted to find out, did you have a special Daytime Emmy nomination meal? Did you get a favorite snack? Did you run out and, and you know buy cookies? I don't know. Was there any food on the agenda for you? Well, after I got back home from school, we left to one of my favorite uh, Japanese restaurants, I ate a nice bowl of salt ramen. 
That sounds much healthier than cookies that I was going for. I, apparently, we, we celebrate in different ways. <laughs> well, let's talk about the episode that you submitted. It was from Friday, February 1st, 2013. It was some pretty serious stuff. What can you tell us about the episode that you submitted for Daytime Emmy consideration? It was the first time that Jamie really started to bite back after everything. So, that's one of the reasons I chose it. When you look at all the episodes, when you look at all the things, what about that episode spoke to you specifically that said, you know what, this is the episode that I think best represents my work of the past year? I, I, for some reason, I have a hard time watching myself act. I just remember it being one of my favorite episodes. It really was a, a decision from my manager, my mom, my sister, and I just we hear a lot of stories particularly now that I think it's easier for everyone to get online we hear a lot of stories about people who are being bullied whether it be at school or online and it doesn't have to be just kids it can also be adults what's your advice to anyone who is feeling bullied and doesn't know what to do it's hard to say this I know it's well it's easy to say but I know it's hard to do but if one can just ignore it I found that's the easiest thing to do when one's in that situation, to just walk away. Do you think that it takes more courage to walk away than it does to sort of retaliate and get into the same sort of thing that they're doing to you? Yeah, I think so. I want a lot of things to do. It's also... It's not quite the same thing, but it can be very scary to walk the red carpet. I've... Gosh, I've been on the red carpet now for oodles and oodles of years. The reason that I hear from a lot of people that the red carpet makes them nervous, particularly from uh, from the ladies, is that they don't know what they're going to wear. It's a whole process. So I'm going to ask you, Daniel, do you have your Emmy suit picked out? Do you know what you're going to wear on the 22nd? Not just yet. I probably should get on that. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> Do you like to get dressed up for that type of thing? Or are you more of a, a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy or somewhere in between? I've always liked wearing tuxes and suits. I usually get into a sort of character whenever I do. So, it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Actually, actually, uh, when I was in second grade, I went to public school. And I went out of my way to wear a suit and tie every day. Really? Every day? Yeah. Yeah. Were you were you the only one? Did you set a trend? Did you have the other kids wanting to dress up in a suit and tie? Most of them would just come up to me and tell me that I dress like their parents. <laughs> so, yeah, I was the only one. Well, I, okay, so good. This is second grade. I'm going back. Was this a a, a full fledged tie tie? Was it a clip on tie? Did you do the the tying of the tie yourself? If that's the case, we need the details on this. I still haven't learned how to tie a tie. It was, it was a clip-on. <laughs> okay. I, don't feel bad. I'm twice as old, and I still have issues. It takes me four or five times to tie the tie. So uh, I get it. But you know what? I'm with you. It is kind of nice, even if it's only once in a blue moon. It's nice to dress up and, and get fancy and, and, you know, show off a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Well... Well, when Daytime Emmy Night comes on the 22nd, I hope that you will look out for me and the SoapCentral.com gang on the red carpet. Come over, chat with us. We'll, we'll see how you feel in the moment. We'll, we'll talk about all sorts of other things, and it'll be a lot of fun. 
I certainly will. It sounds great. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your time. Thank you. If you would like to see which episode Daniel Polo or any of this year's acting nominees submitted for Daytime Emmy consideration, just click on over to SoapCentral.com slash Emmys. We have all of them there posted for your convenience. And while we are still talking about the Daytime Emmys, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of a member of our Daytime community. Civil rights activist and three-time Daytime Emmy nominee Ruby D. passed away earlier this week at the age of 91. In 1967, Ruby Dee became one of the first African-American actresses to appear on soaps when she landed the role of Martha Frazier on Guiding Light. During her incredible career, Ruby Dee received, check this out, Emmy, Grammy, Drama Desk, Obie, and Screen Actors Guild Awards, as well as an Image Award. She was nominated for an Academy Award in 2008. She's also been celebrated at the Kennedy Center Honors. In 2005, Ruby Dee and her late husband, Ozzie Davis, were awarded the Lifetime Achievement Freedom Award presented by the National Civil Rights Museum. And in 2009, she received an honorary degree from Princeton University. Soap Central Live will continue right after this short break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to let the numbers speak for my next guest. He's a four-time NAACP Image Award nominee, a father of five. His primetime series, Bean Mary Jane, was renewed for season number two. If you're a daytime fan, you can catch him as Justin Barber on The Bold and the Beautiful. And if you're in Atlanta next weekend, he'll be appearing at the Baby Bash and Bling Expo. Got that right. I was worried about that one. Aaron D. Spears, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Yes, sir. How are you? Great to be back. 
I am glad to have you here. It has been, I did the, the looking through the archives, it's been three years since you were last here, so there's a lot to catch up on. Wow, I didn't realize it had been that long. <laughs> it's been three years. So we start off now with our first live guest. It's a, a rapid fire round. Folks who are listening are, are used to this. It's just a random uh, bit of things that I found on the internet before the show. And one of them, I don't know uh, if you're a, necessarily a healthy eater or not, Aaron, but there's something called a fruity pebble-crusted chicken finger that is apparently all the rage here. It's, it's making its way through Philadelphia as we speak. What do we think of the fruity pebble crusted chicken finger? Oh my goodness! With that in my head, it sounds like you have a chicken finger as or a t- chicken tender, probably mm-hmm. dip, dipped in egg batter or something mm-hmm. that allows batter to stick and is rolled in fruity pebbles. That's what I think of. That's what it's making me sound like. I don't know how I feel about that though. Is is the problem? It could be really good or just terribly bad. True, very true. It could be just awesomely delicious, or who in the hell thought of this? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, there's some other random things. I'm, I'm trying to, to pull up the menu. Uh, it's something called, they're calling it Frankenfood, which is not necessarily, uh, I guess, what we all think of in terms of, of disastered food. But we have a bacon-wrapped hot dog eclair, Spam Sushi, and blackened shrimp pretzels. These are some of the things that are on the list that, uh, in this Philadelphia Food Festival. I'm not really sure that any of these sound less than crazy. A lot of them are, and some, ironically, are good. You just have to be open and allow yourself to taste without prejudging what it's going to already taste like. Because I noticed if you tell your brain that you're going to be eating doo-doo, for, say, for instance, you already have a uh, image in your head of what doo-doo is going to taste like. And it could be actually a chocolate-covered strawberry that's popped in your mouth. And your first expression is like, ooh, I'm eating doo-doo, until you actually let those taste buds sink in. You're like, oh, man, that's a straw, chocolate-covered strawberry. So as long as you stay open prior to tasting, hey, you're either going to get a great surprise or you're going to, uh, spit that out pretty quickly. I feel like we need to have one of those uh, warnings that comes up on like the show Jackass. Do not try this at home. Don't uh, don't go serving doo doo to your little brother or sister and see. <laughs> it could be oh, a so disaster. Now, this may or may not be the best segue for some basketball fans, but from looking at Twitter. Some folks were saying that one team perhaps has played like doo-doo in the NBA Finals. Uh, I know that you happen to be a fan of, well, we'll just say that. What are your thoughts, Aaron, on the NBA Finals and how they're going? You know what? Uh, At present, the Spurs are just balling, period. Regardless of what the Heat are doing or not doing, they are playing as a team in terms of the Spurs. They're passing the ball. They're getting the open person. They really have that non-superstar mentality, and they have more of a team concept mentality in addition with the coach and the things that they're being taught by that particular coach. So they're just executing very well. They're just playing very good basketball, regardless of who's scoring the points. As you can see, the ball's being passed around. Various different people on the team are scoring. And the Heat are just... They shot themselves in the foot. Now, King James is going to take a lot of heat for game one with the cramps. They should have won game one. They were on their way to winning game one, and he cramped up, and they went out, and they lost. 
So the series would have been 2-0 at that point. It would be 2-2 at this particular point. I honestly just think it's just the Spurs year. You know, yeah, they may win one more game, but I don't think they're going to win the series. I just like to be realistic. Okay, well, speaking of then, I guess, of things that are down, but maybe, or maybe out, Ridge Forrester is missing on The Bold and the Beautiful, and your character has played a part in this. What is going on on The Bold and the Beautiful, Aaron? Where is Ridge? What did you do? You're taking a lot of heat for this. Yeah, yeah. I had to dump Ridge. You know, I had orders. (laughs) I had to follow him. I thought he could swim. You know. Ridge is missing at the current, uh, at the at the at the moment. You know whether we find him or not. Of course, people will have to tune in to find out. But at the particular uh, time of the order that was given to me, I had to bank right or bank left, whichever it was. And, you know, cool off a little bit. You just get a little carried away. You know. And, you know, and they made a point of saying he was really only about a mile offshore, so it's not like he was out, you know, in the middle of nowhere. He could be found. Right. And that's the funny thing. If you're not a swimmer, yeah, let well. me drop the average cat a mile <laughs> offshore. Let me see if you make it back in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I want to be a mile offshore in the ocean. The ocean is an entirely different beast. The waves, the undercurrent, I, it's animals that actually live and reside in the ocean. I don't think I want to be a mile offshore trying to swim too short. No, I'm just picturing, you know, I, I'm thinking of Jaws. I'm thinking of, I don't know if there are there, um, killer manatee. I don't know what would come up and, and get me, you know, jellyfish. It just, it doesn't sound good. But But speaking of that, whether it's a mile offshore or not, somehow through the magic of television, your character is able to appear in Abu Dhabi, but as an actor... Womp womp. You didn't get to go to the United Arab Emirates. What about that? I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't have turned down an offer to go to go to the UAE. Oh hell no! I would have definitely <laughs> gone. I I actually ironically have a buddy of mine from college named Damien who was in Qatar. So Qatar, I should say. I would man, I would have been on the first thing smoking going to Abu Dhabi. Are you kidding me? I would love to go there, but. Budget, um, you know, being the issue. Justin didn't make the trip, you know. He didn't get on the plane, but we still made it happen. We still made it great. We still did what we had to do via blue screen, green screen, or whatever screen it was. You know what? I did the Google. I did the the, the check of how much it would cost to fly from L.A. to uh, Dubai, just, you know, just as a dollars and cents. And I think it was probably a much better deal <laughs> to do some green screen. It's very, very good. So from that, from The Bold and the Beautiful, which is the world's most watched daytime drama series, let's move to Bean Mary Jane, which was the top-rated new cable series in its first season on BET. And we heard earlier this year, Aaron, that the show has been green-lighted for a second season. That's pretty exciting news. Yes, we have been really putting our foot to the grindstone with being Mary Jane. I've been working in cahoots with CBS and BET, going back and forth across the coast. Literally, some days, uh, morning, I'm in Atlanta. By morning time, L.A., I'm in L.A. I shoot my scenes for both the beautiful, and lo and behold, I'm back on a plane that same evening heading back to Atlanta to be ready to shoot that exact next morning. So I've had like zero time lapses where 
I'm walking from one set to the other. And just, you know, first and foremost, I would like to say thank you to both entities because they have been more than willing to allow me to do both. And without their generosity and allowing me to to do both and be courteous, man, I I wouldn't be able to do it. I I truly appreciate them for allowing both storylines to exist at the same time. 5.8 5.8 million people tuned in to the first season finale of Being Mary Jane. So we know that there are still some folks who may, for one reason or another, have not checked it out yet. Why don't you give them the sale? Why do they need to tune into Being Mary Jane? What are they missing? You know, the thing I really love about the show is that you see a female, and if you're a guy, you're thinking, oh, man, you know, that's a chick show. I don't really want to see that. But what it is, it's like a fly on the wall on the mind of a woman. So as a dude, you would love to be privy to that information, which would help you in your current relationship, possibly a relationship you're trying to squeeze up on, or maybe just a one-night stand or a little get-together. Hey, you never know. Basically, you're getting the inside scoop as well as we aren't sugarcoating any of the storylines. We're telling it in a very sophisticated, grown, sexy way, but we are by no means escaping the actual action for the, uh, I guess, the Hollywood version. We're giving you a cable version of what goes on in the life of a single female trying to find herself, trying to get her child, trying to find a lover, wanting to get married, parents tugging on her coattails to give them branch out to support them in their endeavors that maybe did not work because she is like the uh, financial queen of the family. There's so many dynamics going on, not to mention, of course, your friends are doing all of the things that you wish you were. And just that kind of middle passage of trying to find out who you are and what you want for this second half of your life, something that every individual, white, black, orange, or green goes through, I think is a universal story that women can definitely plug into, but men will be pleasantly surprised by the action and I will put quotes around action sequences that take place in the life and the mind of being Mary Jane. We do not have a second season premiere date, but as soon as we do, we will pass it along to everyone. And if being Mary Jane, Aaron, is the sort of a look inside the mind of a woman for an artist, sometimes a look into their mind would be to look into their music. The last time that you were here back in 2011, we had talked about your CD, Inception, which I just checked. It can still be ordered on Amazon.com. So with that, I saw that you've tweeted and Facebooked about some music in the past couple of weeks. I wanted to mention one of them. You put out sort of a, a plea, I want to call it, to Lauren Hill, saying that we need another album from her. Of course, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, huge, huge smash. Why do you want to hear some more music from Lauren Hill? You know, Lauren Hill was one of those artists that came along and I think captured the transition of what Drake is now. She gave you mm. the amazing vocals that just caught captured your soul from an R&B perspective, and then she hit you hard with lyrics from a hip-hop perspective. And I always remember the critics saying, well, you know, she wouldn't have put that hip-hop on there. And the ironic thing was, because of the hip-hop was the reason, or one of the reasons, that the album did so well. I think she just has such a dynamic mind and how she doesn't necessarily 
phase over the topics that she's speaking about. She so eloquently puts it and at the same time puts it in your face and then lets the beat drop and then just sings you into a melody that just rocks you to sleep in a good way. I was just talking about this uh, at the launch for Motown the Musical with some of the cast. We were sort of debating what our favorite songs were on the album and what the favorite video were. For, uh, for me, the favorite video was Everything is Everything. I thought that with the, the record needle going through, I thought that was pretty sharp. What's your favorite track off of her first album? Man, that's, that's a really hard one because there are very few CDs that you push play. That was a CD I remember just pushing play. So I just jammed and I kind of went into whatever space that she wanted us to go into creatively, uh, cerebrally, and I just would go with it, man. You know, do what I'm saying, Zion. I mean, it was so many of them, man. You know, uh, Killing Me Softly. That, that, that soundtrack was just off the chain, man. It's still in rotation on my uh, playlist on iTunes. You know, it's funny. I'm a big listener to the countdowns that they do on Sirius XM on the weekend. I do the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and I, I love some of my late 80s, early 90s music. And then I always think about the songs that come on and, and you know, something will take me back somewhere and it'll make me think of something. So question I have for you, is there an album or an artist that you could comfortably say has provided the soundtrack to your life? Hmm. That's a good one. I'm pretty sure there are several mixed, but I know, I remember being in my, which is now my wife, at that time my girlfriend, I remember just listening to Mary J. Blige, My mm -hmm. Life, My Life, My Life, My Life, In the Sunshine. I remember that album. I remember listening, I don't know if you know, uh, is it Thievery Corporation, Moon? I had just gotten that. I had gotten Groove Armadas. Um, I just remember the album was white and it was silhouette of two guys sitting on the couch. Like one of them, I think, had their legs crossed. There was just a series of CDs. And I remember I had this little radio that had like a seven-disc CD changer. He looked at it. He was like, hey, there's no way in hell that little thing holds seven CDs. But it did. And it had like this booming bass. And it was just off the chain. Those were the days that... I felt like I just completely matured in the music. I remember my manager coming from upstairs, oh, where, the, where are you getting this playlist from? I'm just like, man, I just put seven CDs in there and push like mix, like shuffle, and it would just go, man. I was, I had air, uh, pink, sim sympathique. I listened to all types of music, from hip-hop to country to house to electronic. I mean, I just really am into music. One cat that is just killing it right now in terms of the soundtrack of my life would have to be Miguel Kaleidoscope Dream. Whew, that joint right there is off the chain. I'm feeling him right there on that. The love that he shot shouting through the uh, the, the vocals and the, the lyrics is very Prince-esque because I'm a big mm -hmm. Prince fan, but he has his own, like, funk appeal. He's just doing his thing. I'm digging that CD. That's a press play CD for me right now. I'm looking. I know that he's got a, a new 
album, I think, coming out later this year. I know there's a new single. I, I don't have all the details, so I want to give any, steer anybody wrong. But I saw that you were uh, pardoning your French, I believe, is what you put on your, yeah. on your, your tweet. You were, you're definitely into that. So we talked about, very briefly, Mary J. Blige, and you mentioned your then-girlfriend, now-wife. There is the Baby Bash and Bling Expo coming up in Atlanta next weekend. You are a father of five, so obviously I would say that you know a little bit about being a dad, but this is a celebration of expectant moms. How did you become involved in this event, in this event and, and what can we expect? I know there's a pink carpet, but what else can we expect? You know, that is a good question. I have a, a dear friend of mine that I went to college with named Maggie Francois. And she has been really doing her thing in the whole kind of business sector slash fashion arena in the DMV area. Ironically, she has now begun to advance in New Orleans, L.A., and other cities. And she asked me to come in as a dad to kind of be that barometer for the guys, kind of like when you're at the mall. You take your woman to the mall. She's shopping and she's tickled and you were just kind of like standing there and you're trying to find a chair and you really have nothing to do. <laughs> but for all the baby boys that are going to be at the particular function, taking in all of the good, good mommy stuff, the dads are going to come with me. And we're going to talk man stuff. And we're going to talk about men and how they have to adjust to having kids, especially if you're the first time around. Your equality time is usually spent with the woman that you created that little bundle of joy with. Well, guess what, buddy? You just moved to third place. It's her, the baby, then there's you. That's a transition that we all will have to go through and understand. And no, it's not a competition with the little bundle of joy, but the reality is the woman's attention now shifts to the child. And the more children they have, the further back you fall in place. And that is something as a man you're going to have to be comfortable with. You're going to have to be, you're just going to have to find your, your, your good spot with that and find your way through it to make this uh, harmonious kind of bond with everyone involved in that particular uh that particular process, the baby, the mom and however many more kids you have. So I know we have a good number of sponsors. I think Huggies just came on, another sponsor just came on. Um and we're looking to celebrate moms. Because let's just be honest, Dan. I mean, be for real, dude. If it was left up to men to have babies the planet would be empty. We can barely have a cold, man, let alone have a baby. Man, it would just be, well, I guess it's just, we won't be having any babies because I'm not going to have that little mug. I don't know about you. You ain't squeezing up out of this. So, it is a celebration of women and motherhood and children. And dads, I got you, baby. I got you, bro. Come check me out. Come talk to me. We're going to have a good time. Baby Bash and Bling is Saturday, June 21st from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Renaissance Atlanta Midtown Hotel. You can get more information at babybashandbling.com. That's the place to find out. There are also going to be upcoming events in Washington, D.C., and I think also in uh, Dallas. You can check their website for more information there. Uh, Just since we have only a couple of seconds left, what for you, Aaron, has been... What has surprised you uh, in terms of what is being the most difficult role for a dad? You know, everyone sort of has in their mind, I guess, what they expect parenthood to be, and then, 
bam, you know, it hits you and it's not anything like how you thought it would be in, in your mind. What for you has been the biggest surprise? I think you have to really be patient and you have to understand that just because you're physically present doesn't mean if you're emotionally or spiritually present. You can be there at the house, but she could be on the computer doing business. What you put into your child, you will get out. And I've noticed that over the five, over that course of time, you live, you learn, and as you go, you get better. The more you put into that child in the crib, you know they want mommy. Dad, how about you just get up and bring the baby to mommy? That little bit of special time that you spend with the crying baby, and with that the moment, yeah, come here, let me take you to mommy, because you know they don't want daddy. So you just, you know, you give them that little moment. Believe me, those eyes resonating into your eyes, believe me, connects with the soul of you two, and they remember that moment. And that starts that little special bond that you two have together. Yeah, I know you want to go to mommy. But daddy's here right now, and I'm going to give you my time and my energy. So just try to be, try to be present. You know, try to be in the moment. You know, I know life happens and things continue to go around and around, but the quality time that you spend will pay off in the end. Ever since you talked about men popping babies up, I've been sitting here with my legs crossed. Just uh, now I'm losing circulation in my legs. I don't want to think about any of this. So uh, that means we probably are out of time. I need to walk it out, walk it out here just a little bit. Uh, walk it out, walk it out. <laughs> Got to walk it out. I know that there are some other things that are maybe coming in the pipeline. I would love to have you back before the next three-year period since that seems to be the yeah. schedule now. So if, uh, if you're game for that, I'd love to have you back, Aaron. Yes, sir. Dan, you are the man. I look forward to coming back, and we will, by all means, come through, holler at your guests. Thank you, everyone, for having me on, and it's always a pleasure, and many blessings throughout this weekend. Thank you, and to you as well. Everybody, stay tuned. We've got more exciting craziness and a world record attempt, maybe or maybe not, live on air. Stay tuned. Soap Central Live will be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. 
are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. There are so many things going on behind the scenes. It's Friday the 13th. I probably jinxed myself by saying that this show is going really smoothly and, and doing quite well. So there's, what, about 20 minutes left. I'm sure everything will fall apart between then. We are waiting for our next guest to drop by. So there is someone who's been on hold. We'll take a, a couple of minutes to talk to Anthony about the world of soaps. Anthony, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, Dan. How are you? I am good. I don't know how long we have because we are waiting for the next guest, but I saw that you wanted to call in and talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on on your favorite soaps. What's on the top of your list? What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, I'm, I'm loving the Billy Miller r- rumor. Um, honestly, I don't care who he comes on to play. I think if, if you were watching all the boards and, the, and Twitter this week with Michelle Stafford, all the positive YNR comments, who's came over to watch... I can't assume that it would be any less with him. And I think, you know, the rivalry that's going on behind the scenes with who's jumping is just making us tune in even more. Who do you think Billy Miller will play? I know that you said, you know, you don't really necessarily care, but if you had, uh, you know, odds on money, who would it be? Um, You know what? I think they're going to surprise us. I don't think he's going to come on as Jason. I would love for him to come on as Jason, who wakes up with Robin as Jason Quartermain. Maybe still with the Morgan memories, but, you know, full-on Jason Quartermain um, personality and see what they could do with that. If not that, I would love to see him play Lucky. Really? So you've uh, gone from one popular role to recasting another popular role. What about the, one of the other theories I saw is Dylan Quartermain. What do you think I, about that option? I wouldn't mind seeing him play that either. I just, I just think they would get more bang for their buck if they, if, if they don't want him as Jason to bring him on as Lucky. I'm just I'm thinking in my head as we're, we're playing out potential stories. Obviously, there's immediate impact with Jason, because that puts him into the Sam Silas Nina storyline. They bring him in as Lucky. How would that? Uh, how do you think that that would shake things up? Where would you put him in story? Well, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some play out from the whole fluke storyline, um, and it would be the greatest time to bring him in. There's rumors that Genie's coming back, and so to have a full Spencer reunion would just be great. Um, I don't really think that him and Elizabeth are over. In, in my own mind, I always feel that there's going to be something more to that story. I love her with Rick. I actually love her with Nick. But in, in the back of my mind, I think whenever Lucky makes it back, there's going to be more story to tell there. Well, there's going to be a lot more story to tell when we figure that out. Anthony, uh, we have to move on to our next segment. But I want to thank you so much for keeping your word and calling in to chat with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a great night. All right, gang. We have a whole bunch of guests waiting on the line to come in all at once. This in itself could be a world record. But my next guests were last here with us on Soap Central Live in January when they were celebrating the grand opening of the L.A. Ballroom Studio. Well, they apparently believe in doing it big because they're here today to talk about some pretty amazing plans to set a world record. Let's bring in two of the guests first, Rib Hillis and Elena Grunienko. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having us. I'm great. Rib, are you there as well? 
I am. I'm, I'm sitting here right next to you, Lena. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. I, you know, I need to, to zip back here because one of my neighbors mentioned that, of course, it is Friday the 13th, and she is possibly the most superstitious person I've ever met in my life. She also, uh, she emigrated from Russia when she was young, and she will not leave the house without doing a whole process. So I'm going to ask both of you, are you superstitious, and does Friday the 13th mean anything to you? Elena, how about you first? Well, I grew up in Russia, and I know Russians are extremely superstitious, but I guess I'm a little bit already of a younger generation, so I'm not that superstitious. And what about you? Uh, I am not superstitious, um, so it doesn't really matter what day it's going to be. I mean, what's that one? What's that movie where you say the guy's name um, three times in the mirror and he'll jump out and kill you? What's it? Candyman? 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 I don't say three times. Yeah, I have no problem. I'll go walk through a haunted house. It doesn't bother me. I actually think for me, I think Thursday the 12th is usually far worse for me than Friday the 13th. It, it just always seems out to be that way. I think April 15th is pretty bad. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. Uh, we don't even want to talk about Candyman. I don't want to say their name three times fast. I'm sure that'll end up in an audit. So let's just <laughs> zip along here. Something uh, I may have misworded a tweet, guys. And folks think that we're attempting to break a world record here on the show today. So I don't know what we could possibly do to make a world record. If you have any suggestions before we talk about the real one, uh, I'm open to to all thoughts and, and ideas about, here how about the most people on a on a phone or interview all the time i say we do it i say we bring in brian chapman of black giraffe adventures to talk about this amazing uh venture that's coming up brian welcome to soap central live jumbo dan and thank you very much happy to be here I am so glad to have all of you here i, I guess the first question everybody's probably going to wonder is brian is there such a thing as a black giraffe Yes, there is. And actually, uh, when I was there in July of 2008, I escorted a group of about 450 people to Tanzania. And my, uh, I brought my nephew with me, who was 16 years old, and he went out into the, while I was working, he was out in the Serengeti, and he took a picture of a black giraffe. And it is a black giraffe. And if you go to the website, blackgiraffeadventures.com, it's right there on the, uh, on the website. Uh, you can Google black giraffe. You'll get black and white pictures, black and white photos, carvings, but you won't see a black giraffe like this. This is kind of amazing. I'm busy asking questions, so I'll have to let our, our Twitter followers go and look it out, and they can fill me in on, on what they see. I'm, I'm very excited about that. So, Elena, how did all of you – well, I, I know how obviously how you and Rib met, but how did you cross paths with Brian? Well, I've been um... – working with a Fred Astaire company. It's a big franchise company for schools, and uh, Brian is working with them as a travel agent. So, and I've been doing my traveling tickets through him for past, I would say, seven or eight years. So, yeah, that's been, it's been a while. <laughs> and I travel a lot, so... And there is, we, we've talked about this world record. We haven't quite said what it is. We're going to sort of surprise everybody with it. Rib, what is this world record that you are going to attempt to set? The world record is to attempt to be the uh, largest group 
dance performed at altitude. I believe that is uh, the, the correct way to phrase it. Because um, we're going to be up uh, above 18,000 feet in the top of Mount Kilimanjaro performing a two-minute cha-cha routine, which I think if I can get through a two-minute cha-cha routine at sea level, it'll be a record. <laughs> so at altitude, it will be just, you know, of course, again, it's a football record. And there will be... Uh, a large group of us hopefully participating, and it would be pretty cool. I, I remember growing up seeing, like, the TV show Guinness Book of World Records, and I had one. I had one of those books, and it was thick. It was the thickest book I've ever had. It's, it's like four inches thick. And to be in the Guinness Book of World Records would be about the coolest thing ever. For those of you out there, I, and there's probably some radio silence and crickets for people who, what is a book? A book is this thing that we used to have before the Kindle, where there were bits of paper behind a, you know, a cardboard thing, and you would read it. It was, it was actually fascinating. I'm curious, though, setting this world record, do any of you know, is this an existing record that you're going to smash, or is this an all-new category that you're attempting to set? Uh, whichever one of you wants to take this one. Well, actually, uh, yeah, when I contacted Guinness, it's actually going to be the highest altitude group dance on land above, <clears throat> excuse me, 5,000 meters. So, uh, technically, it's, it, it's going to be, um, nothing's been done above 5,000 meters, and we're going to be at 5,895 meters setting the record. This, I mean, I'm picturing this. I'm, I'm with Rib on this one. I think doing a two-minute dance routine at sea level would be challenging enough. How many people do we expect to have for this? How many do you need? Are you taking uh, volunteers, Brian? How, how are you going about putting this group together? Well, we need a, to set the record, we need a minimum 10 people. Uh, we, okay. Since this has never been done before, that's the uniqueness of this trip. It's never been done. And adding a dancing aspect to it just gives it another unique quality to it. And uh, we've been authorized by uh, Kanapa, who is Kilimanjaro National Parks, for 120 people. We have a maximum of 120 people that we can, uh, can take. We're going to have, uh, again, a support staff of guides and porters and cooks of about 450 people traveling with us. It's going to be a lot of fun because at each stop, we're going to be working with the dance as well. So by the time we get to the top, we're going to be ready to go. By the time you get to the top, oh my gosh, I'd be ready to pass out by the time we get to the top. <laughs> you, you, get, you get a rush, you get a rush of energy. Having hiked it before in 2011, when I got to the top, I was tired, but then you get to the top, you see the sign, all of a sudden you get a, uh, you get a burst of uh, adrenaline. It, 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 it's a rush. Elaine, I have a question for you. Do you know, will you have to alter whatever the choreography is to compensate for <laughs> the lack of oxygen? I don't know. I can't, as I said, I can't dance at sea level. I'm, yeah. I'm still picturing 18,000 feet. Well, the routine is actually quite simple. We were assuming that if we have people that never danced before, but they do want to join us join on that trip, so uh, I did a routine, which is very basic, and uh, the other thing that we did, it's not actually a two-minute routine, which would be a quite complicated to remember. I did about a one-minute of a routine, and then we reversed it, and we danced it the other way around, you know, like an electric flight. You can dance four directions. So we did the same thing. So it's actually um, 
sort of routine to learn, and it's very, very basic, and uh, I don't know, Brian has already put it online so people can log in and try to learn the steps over the Internet. Um, the other thing they could do is they could have that video and go to a local dance studio, and I'm sure they'll have instructors that will be able to teach them to uh, people right away because if you're an informed instructor, you will be able to learn that routine in literally five minutes because how simple it is. Okay, and of course, if folks also want to learn some other steps, they can always go to LABallroomStudio.com and find out how they can go to the LA Ballroom Studio in person and pick up a couple of, of moves as well. Absolutely. We will teach you the flag giraffe dance, and we will teach anything else ballroom. We have uh, Latin classes like salsa. We have we have fitness classes, we have hip-hop classes, you name it, we have everything. You can come by to the studio tonight and jump in the beginner um, social dancing class, which I'm going to be in. I promise not to step on your feet too many times. <laughs> so I believe in putting positive energy out there. I'm already thinking ahead. This is going to be wildly successful. You're going to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. It'll be great. So what do you do, let's say, next year to shatter it? This is, we'll go down the line. Do you attempt to do it again with more people, or do you go to Mount Everest and do it all over again? Rib, which do, which do we do, Rib? Do we uh, go back to Mount Kilimanjaro, or do we, we step it up and call the Sherpas? I, I like the idea of going to Mount Everest. That sounds really fun. I, 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 like. I would go, uh, I went to Brazil once for a carnival, and it was amazing to see. And then I found out that you can actually join the school and go through a samba drone. So I say we organize the biggest samba school of like 10,000 people and that would be a record because they're usually like about 5,000 and then actually do the carnival. And Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, Dan, thank you for the positive energy because it is we are going to set the world record. And uh, I can't say because I am kind of looking at ideas for next year as well. And it's going to be, it's going to be again, something... It's going to be a very, very unique trip, and it will include dancing. But, uh, but once we get done this one, the next one's going to come out, and it's, it's going to blow you away as well. It's going to be with NASA. You're going to send everybody to Mars and <laughs> dance on Mars, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. We're going to go up to the space station and do a uh, weightless uh, cha-cha. <laughs> I heard that... you're organizing a list of people right now to go to Mars, but you actually won't ever come back, so maybe we should just join on that one and dance there. No, I, I don't. I, we we want you back here. We enjoy you here on Earth, so you can be part of the show. We are just about out of time for this segment. I I want to go back to Brian mm -hmm. and let you have the opportunity to uh, tell everybody what else do they need to know if they are they're thinking about being a part of this. They want more information. What do they need to do? Uh, yeah, for more information, you can uh, just go to the website blackdraftadventures dot com, uh, or you can email me at brian at blackdraftadventures dot com. Everything is listed on the website. Uh, we do have some incentives that will save you up to $1,500 if you book and pay for by the end of June. And also, uh, with that incentive, we have a uh, half-price incentive that if you have a second person going with you, they pay half-price of the $58.95. This is very affordable. It includes all your meals. Uh, basically, the only thing it doesn't include is your uh, ticket to get there. But again, with the Serengeti, the Angorgo Crater, 
absolute some of the best game viewing in the world. And we're going to have a lot of fun with this trip. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. We will have more information online for everybody. Rib, Elena, and Brian, thank you so much for taking time out to be here today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. All right, thank gang. We are almost out of time, but I do want to thank all of my guests this week. Daniel Polo, Aaron D. Spears, Rib Hillis, Elena Grunienko, and Brian Chapman. If you want any additional information about anything that we talked about on the show, please check out our Twitter feed at Soap Central or check out our official website for this show at SoapCentralLive.com. It's also the place to listen to any episode that we've ever broadcast before. There's 234 episodes as of today. You can stream them or download them. It's all completely free from any computer, smartphone, tablet, or mobile device. We're going to be back here next week, Friday, June 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific with our Daytime Emmys Predictions Special. And don't forget, I will be there with Haley Polos and Chriselle Staus on the red carpet at the 41st Annual Daytime Emmys on Sunday, June 22nd. Be sure to stay tuned to SoapCentral.com for all of our exclusive coverage. So that's it. I am going to sign off now, but we'll be back again next week for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.